Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener love listener feedback. Love it. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can, con- you can use email, the email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org, and the Twitter handle is at SFDiocese with the hashtag Ignition. And again, I'm Chris Bergwald, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. More importantly, Jermaine's husband for a, almost, well, yeah, a long time, depending when you're listening to this. Um, at least 18 years when you're listening to this. Uh, and together we have five children. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Parish of White, a mission with a mission, and director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center serving South Dakota State University. Go big. Go blue. I don't know. Oh, really? Go Jacks? I, I, was, I feel like go home has to be in there somewhere. But it's, No, that's, that, that, right. that's, a, that's a depressing uh, <laughs> depressing joke about uh, campus life. And so, yeah. um, <sighs> speaking of depressing... Uh, we shared a few episodes ago that uh, Father Dickinson's tenure as my regular co-host on Ignition is coming to an end. This is episode 322 that you're listening to now, and 326, four episodes from now, will be the grand finale for Father's Time. This, at least this sojourn, who knows, maybe he'll be back in the future, but... Um, uh, his, he might even have me back in the future. His time as my regular guest, my regular co-host rather, uh, is coming quickly to an end. Father, why are you leaving? Please don't go. I'm going so that you... <laughs> <laughs> it's better for me that you go. <laughs> Wait. It's better for you that I go. <laughs> uh, let's take uh, misquoted Bible verses for 300, Alex. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, just uh, need to kind of simplify some things just to focus on, to emphasize the mission and uh, make myself more available to the mission. Just needed to trim some extra projects that are dear to me, but uh, just for my primary work as uh, as pastor and director. Yep, yep, yep. And that, that makes good sense to me. Uh, what that means, though, and this is, this is providential in many ways, though, listeners, because um, Father and I... Uh, what we're going to be talking about today is a couple of books, um, documents from the New Testament. And Father and I have been going through an occasional series on the New Testament documents for a couple of years now. Every every few episodes, we give a little prima, uh, prima um, primer on a different uh, document from the New Testament. We began at the beginning with Matthew and are working our way through. And today we're going to be looking at St. John's third letter, the third letter of St. John and the letter of St. Jude, which leaves <laughs> for, for, for the their, last episode. For Father's last episode. The Apocalypse of St. John. <laughs> the, the book of Revelation, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be uh, our little our little introduction to that document will be the final episode of Father's Sojourn here on Ignition. How ironic that the Book of Unveiling will be the veiling of my tenure on Ignition. <laughs> it will indeed. <laughs> Look at that. So, um, but uh, we have to wait for that 
until four weeks from Four now. weeks from now, three twenty. Or next time you download, three twenty-six. Yeah, whichever happens first. Um, Depending so, on when you're listening to this one, because you may not be listening to this live. That's what we're trying to say badly. Yeah, that's <laughs> Anything worth doing, doing is worth doing badly. J.K. Chesterton. Maybe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not everything. Um, so what we're going to be talking about, again, we're going to talk about Third John and Jude today. Uh, again, our sort of, it's become our standard, well, we have two standard caveats. One, uh, some of the background material that we're going to be giving you is not our own. It comes from the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible New Testament volume, which is edited, uh, authored and edited by uh, Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch. So um, thanks to them for a lot of the background material we're going to give you. The second, Thanks, guys. the second caveat, though, is, again, this is just an introduction. Read the texts. And we literally, we thought today about just, since these are so short, we yeah. thought about just, actually, we probably still could just we, read we, the we, third letter of John we probably and could. the letter of St. Jude on the air, because the letter of St. John is 15 verses. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in terror, and, and we got into this territory um, with um, second John of too short to even have chapters. And St. Paul's letter to Philemon is the same thing. Right. Um, also too short to have chapters, just just verses. Um, also, just as a reminder, if you've never thought about it before, and we've, uh, if you've never heard this, uh, in this case, Paul and Jude didn't put in the verse numbers. Right. Or John and Jude. Or John and Jude. John yeah. and Jude didn't put in the verse numbers. This came centuries later, as did the chapter numbers. Um, we we just think of them as, well, just always there, but they weren't originally there. Right. So like St. Matthew or Jeremiah the prophet didn't have an editor there saying, hey, we already printed the bindings. We only have space for 28 chapters. So you better wrap this puppy up. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Right. So save it for volume two. Exactly. So uh, again, read the text, and and who knows? Maybe we will at least with Third John. We'll see how time goes. These are two short documents, though. That's why we're taking both of them um, in a single episode, as we did with First and Second John. So, Father, anything else before we dive right on in? Go to the diving board. Let's go. Okay. So uh, Third John. Um, we always begin with question of authorship. Third John, if you read it and you read second John, you'll see that they are very similar in terms of style, structure, and even length. Uh, second John is just a little bit longer than third John. Uh, so there's definitely similarities there, and both of them have similarities to First John. So those together point to common authorship. And as Father and I discussed previously with the Gospel of John and the first and second letters of St. John, there's good reason to think that John the Apostle is the author of all of them. So we see John, St. John the Apostle as the author of the third letter of John. And I feel like I've said John a lot in the last thir- uh, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I transition to you because I'm tired of saying John. John. Um, yeah, but the can we just read it? You want to just read it? I just want to read it. All right, we're going to read it. What which, which translation are you going to use? I've got USB right here. So this is the New or Amer- NAB, I should say. The, the New American Bible, probably the revised edition, but maybe not. Uh, is it at the USCCB website? Yes. So I think it's the NABRE, the neighbor, right. 
be a good neighbor. Like uh, a good neighbor. <laughs> Bible is there. The New American Bible Revised Edition, which is, this is the translation that, that the vast majority of us here proclaimed at Mass. So this is the translation used in the lectionary for Mass. Would you ever hear a reading from 3 John in the lectionary cycle, Sunday or weekday? I don't know. Do we? I don't know. Well, you're reading. I won't be paying attention because I'm okay. going to look that Can you up. Google that. All right. Verse one. <laughs> I... Should I say each verse? Do you think? No. Just... Okay. But if you want to, you can. Listen, we're coming down to I'll, the third I'll letter. Give you that freedom. The third letter of Sa- the third letter of Saint John, the presbyter to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I hope you are prospering in every respect and are in good health just as your soul is prospering. I rejoiced greatly when some of the brothers came and testified to how truly you walk in the truth. Nothing gives me greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, you are faithful in all you do for the brothers, especially for strangers. They have testified to your love before the church. Please help them in a way worthy of God to continue their journey. For they have set out for the sake of the name and are accepting nothing from the pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such persons, so that we may be co-workers in the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrophes, who loves to dominate, does not acknowledge us. Therefore, if I come, I will draw attention to what he is doing, spreading evil nonsense about us. And not content with that, he will not receive the brothers, hindering those who wish to do so, and expelling them from the church. Beloved, Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does what is good is of God. Whoever does what is evil has never seen God. Demetrius receives a good report from all, even from the truth itself. We give our testimony as well, and you know our testimony is true. I have much to write you, but I do not wish to write with pen and ink. Instead, I hope to see you soon when we can talk face to face. Peace be with you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends there, each by name. Did you find the answer to the question? Because I'm already done reading the entire book of the Bible. (laughs) The entire letter, third letter of St. John. Yes. Um, Yes, I did. So the question was, uh, do we ever hear third John at Mass, Sundays or weekdays? Sundays and major feasts? No. Weekdays? Yes. Um, third John verses five through eight are proclaimed in the second year of the daily mass cycle. Mm-hmm. There are two cycles, um, year one, year two for daily mass. The gospel is always the same, but the first reading and Psalm change. So year two, um, ordinary time week 32. Oh, near the end, near yeah. the end on Saturday. So oh, Saturday, wow. Saturday of week 32. So very rarely do people get a uh, Saturday day of the masses. Yeah. So you, you'd have to, and you know, a lot and of our only for the 15 verses, right? You could just throw in the extra like 11 verses. Well, that's all, yeah, that's, yeah. That's four. Yeah. You could probably, <laughs> you totally could. And people probably wouldn't even know that you like did extra read unless they're no. like following along with some sort of aid. Right. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So we do. We do hear from Third John. I didn't time me. I should have timed me on how long it took to read. That should have been yeah. paying attention. Um, so, Father, as you were reading through it, what what struck you in this particular read? Um, so uh, well, I like the idea how uh, uh, he talks about how uh, nothing gives me greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Um, 
and he talked about rejoicing that uh, Gaius is rejoicing in the truth. Um, so it's that whole idea of growing in faith, uh, the importance of growing in faith and how John's emphasizing that to Gaius. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Why did it strike you? Well, just because I think I'm, we still have kind of that notion or that there can be that notion in our Christian life, even as Catholics, that I just have to do this once and then I'm done. Sure. Right. Um, and you can blame all sorts of other things from like that, but it, it's, it's here in our present or just, you know, just cause I'm called Catholic, that's enough. Mm. Right. That, well, I'm baptized. I'm confirmed. That's enough. Well, no, I got to keep living and growing. And, you know, a couple episodes ago in our episode on doctrine and spirituality, which was 320. Yep. You had talked about the quote from, was it St. Bernard of Clairvaux? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the quote again? Uh, this is a paraphrase. Uh, he who in the spiritual life is not advancing towards God is moving further away. So get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shawshank Redemption quote. Um, but yeah, so I think just re- reflecting that reality about our spiritual life in there. Okay. And how, and how, and just St. John's calling attention to it and rejoicing in it. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's, a, we talked about, it's a short document. Right. Um, Han and Mitch say it's a warm and pastoral in tone, but not always. When he's talking about... Uh, Dio Trefis. Yeah, he gets, he, he gets pretty straight to the point. Not all God is love of St. John. Right. But actually Even though there's almost like a d- direct quote, it sounds like, of First uh, John uh, a little later. Right. And so um, I think that in verse 11 sounds like a direct quote from God. Or a direct quote from God, uh, not God, but Saint uh, first letter of Saint John. Okay. Yeah, but Diotrophes, he's I mean, he's got clear words, just saying, all right, he's a leader of the church, um, but he's not exercising his leadership appropriately, and so John is publicly and straightforwardly correcting. Right. Him. John's an apostle, uh, which it's, it's curious to me that uh, this guy is acting the way he is. Well, but I mean, Saint Paul had the struggle in Second Corinthians with the hyper apostolos. Yeah, yeah. The super apostles. Yeah, that's true. More Catholic than Paul. More Catholic than the Pope. More Catholic than the Pope. Anything else, Father, with Third John before we move on to well, Jude? Even just with that phrase, more Catholic than the Pope. The point, I mean, Diotrophes, though, is a legitimate leader in the church. Right. And it's not just that, well, John is a successor to the apostle, so John trumps Diotrophes. But no, because John's standing in the truth. Yep. That's, yeah. And Diotrophes isn't. And so the Catholic Church hierarchy is not just a, a pure hierarchy where Pope trumps cardinal, trumps bishop, trumps priest, trusts deacon, trusts married layman, yep. right? Um, but it's a hierarchy at the service of the deposit of faith and the truth. Right. And authentic authority in the church doesn't come from the office itself. It comes from uh, the, uh, well, there, there is an authentic authority from the office, but there's also then an authentic authority from fidelity to Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a both and. Amen. And so. Okay. Anything else with third John? Uh, look at my notes. What did I say? Favorite I think verses, you... Little passages. Oh, just I just maybe verse eleven in that connection with uh, that really does sound like something from First John to me. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Especially this next sentence in verse eleven: Whoever does what is good is of God. Whoever does what is evil has never seen God. Right. And there's a line I think in First John four. Uh, how can you say or First John two, First John chapter two? How can you say that you love God but hate your neighbor? Right. Yeah. Right. The connection is you put it between morality and the gospel. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, we're going to turn now to Jude, but uh, if you're just tuning in, you listen to Ignition, a radio show and podcast of the New Evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we're talking today about two of the final letters of the New Testament. We just discussed the third letter of St. John. We're about to turn to the letter of St. Jude. If you've got questions about what we're discussing today, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag ignition. The letter of St. Jude is almost twice as long as third John. John. And yet it ha- also has no chapter. Correct. Just, it's all just verses. Um, now, it could be, you know. I mean, the chapter and verse, again, as we said at the beginning, that wasn't there in the beginning. Right, we could put chapters in. We could in. put chapters in. What the heck? That's, why not? Maybe not. Well, we'll what's just, it take to be able to try to start the viral movement? <laughs> How do you in do the fifth that? Let, in the fifth chapter of the letter of St. Jude. Awfully <laughs> <laughs> short chapters. <laughs> verse 4. For there have been some intruders. Verse five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So just a little bit on background information about Jude. Um, actually, the word, uh, the name Jude, rather, is the same as the name Judas. So Father and I, <gasps> Father and I we were joking about telling you, and actually the letter of St. Jude is Judas the Iscariot <laughs> who handed Jesus over. Uh, and then it went all uh, Da Vinci Code from there. Yeah, so, totally Da Vinci Code. Um, they actually, so Judas... Uh, or Jude, is a common name in the New Testament. Several men uh, referred to by that name uh, throughout the New Testament. The one here who authored the letter identifies himself as the brother of James. So he is one of those kinsfolk, cousin or cousins or whatever relations of Jesus. Um, he appears to be the author. Uh, other background information. Hard to say when um, this letter was written because there are disputes over exactly who the author was and because there's just not much in terms of the letter to identify when it may have been written you know so for instance right. in the new testament era if if one of the new testament documents said and when the temple was destroyed by the romans you know that that document would have been written after the year mm-hmm. 70 AD um, or using different things like that, or say, and 10 years ago when Jesus uh, died on the cross, you would know it had been written around 40 or 43 AD using that internal evidence. Well, there isn't really much to go on um, internally to to uh, determine when this letter may have been written. The best guess uh, in the 50s or 60s. But again, as Father and I often say with questions of dating and authorship, our faith doesn't hang on this. Right. Um, so don't lose any sleep over trying to figure out exactly when it was written or who wrote it. Um, it was written most likely to a Christian community based on the internal evidence that was being threatened by false teachers, um, probably a Jewish Christian community in Palestine, just based on the Jewish tone and outlook of the document. Uh, Father, why did Jude write this document? Uh, he says why he wrote this document. He does. We don't have to guess. Yes. He says, I now feel a need to write, to encourage you, to contend for the faith that was once for all handed down to the Holy Ones. To contend for the faith that was handed down once and all for the Holy to the Holy Ones. Yes. What does that mean? Just briefly. Well, he wants to encourage them to fight to protect the faith, that there are some who are coming in who are corrupting and uh, falsely teaching about the holy and apostolic faith, the saving faith of our Lord. And so they need to protect that. That's a great encouraged letter. Jude should be written for us today. <laughs> Amen. 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 So but it was. It, it, oh, right. my goodness. Oh, 
quick well, tangent, please. Okay, before I forget about this, so uh, Saint John Eudes, uh, yeah, he has this thing about like reading scripture, and before you read scripture, you should pray and yeah. say, you know, thank you, Lord, for knowing that I was going to read this scripture today, mm. and I look forward to hearing what you wanted to say to me today. Mm. And this idea of like the spiritual reality of like uh, of God acting and moving in that moment, right? Is that cool? That is really cool. Yeah. Yep. So, so it was written by Jude. Um, thank you, Jesus. Almost 2,000 years ago to some Jewish Christian community in Palestine, but it's also written by God to me today. Boom. Yeah. And you, listeners. And you. So again, as we said at the beginning, we're not going to have time to read Jude, uh, but we'll, we want uh, Father might try. Can I do it like in the Micro Machines voice? How would that sound? Judas, slave Jesus Christ, the board of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept safe for Jesus Christ, have mercy, may mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. What would be the point? I don't know, just to get it read. To say that we read it. They can <laughs> slow it down on their computers. <laughs> or your podcast app. So in summary, um, to, to... Let me tell you, there's not time. Let me sum up. <laughs> Princess Bride. Yes. Uh, two two reasons he's writing an appeal to believers to fight for the true faith and a warning to them to guard against the corruption of false prophets. I love that it's coming next connects back to episode three twenty. Um, Jude, uh, how how do we fight for the true faith by deepening our knowledge of the apostolic doctrine? Verse right. twenty, um, by waiting prayerfully and patiently for the Lord, and by studying the faith of others encouraging them, studying them. That's what that stead means in the show notes. That means studying the faith. Studying. I was yeah. looking at the show notes. I was looking at verse 20, which I'm curious maybe if your yeah, no, translation yeah, yeah, is yeah, a yeah, wee bit yeah, different yeah, than mine. Because I know you liked verse 20 for another reason. I had verse 22 down. No, you have verse 20. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. So my verse 20 reads, but you beloved build up yourselves, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy spirit. So, so build yourselves what up. What was the phrase you said about faith. verse 20, though? You didn't say. Um, deepening your knowledge. Deepening your knowledge. So building faith, yourself yeah. up on your most holy faith. What does that yep. mean? The truth of the faith. Right, right, right. So right, right. That's Just, I didn't see the build yourself up versus the deepening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was getting some yeah. mixed metaphors. Yeah, mixed, yeah we yeah. mixed the metaphors. Whoa. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh, I should start calling them out here as we come down to the final episode. I like it. This episodes. is great. And that becomes challenging just to find more and more obscure ones. I know. Yeah, because eventually you, yeah. Um, so what else? That's oh, the warning or? to guard against the corruption of false oh, prophets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of this letter of Jude's is a denunciation of the false prophets. Which is actually a spiritual work of mercy. Amen. To refute the sinner, to instruct the ignorant, to encourage the doubtful. Yep. Yeah. So. Which is just like one of the most important things. And if you believe in mercy, why don't you believe in those? Huh? 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 I believe in mercy. Easy. What about the spiritual works of mercy? I'm sorry. Just get a little rod. I'm like grabbing sound equipment here. Like they can't up. handle the truth. I know. Well, no, they can. A few good men. I know, but. You get us. Well, no, no, it's not my job to like call oh, your come on. references. I'm fine. Oh, a few good men. Very well done. Thanks. So, Father, notable passages, unless you want to try to read it in three well, actually, no, minutes. Actually, I was saying no, because they can handle the truth. I, exactly, they can. Right, which is precisely the point we, of the spiritual works of mercy, and which is the opposite of the notion that, well, I can't tell them because they can't handle the truth. Right. So it's paternalistic. It's everything wrong about Jack Nicholson's character in A Few Good Men. We're made for the truth, and our Lord says it sets us free. 
So John if, chapter eight. If you really love somebody, now that doesn't mean you hit them over the head with it. Right. The truth is not a two by four. We no. wish to beat someone into salvation. No, no, we don't. That that, that does not work. But still. Our desire should be, if we love them, to lead them into the truth that sets us free. Yeah, there's the, like yard signs these days, where, like love your neighbor. Yeah. You've seen those going around? No. Oh, really? Oh, they're in Brookings. I thought they were in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, we love all our neighbors. I'm like, okay, great. But do you love them enough to like share the gospel with them? Right. And there's this old YouTube video from uh, Penn Gillette of the Penn yeah. and Teller. We, yeah. I don't know if we talked about this. No. And Penn mm-hmm. is kind of an avowed atheist. Yeah. And he talks in this video, just a little, like, early, real early early vlog. He probably took it on one of those flip cameras back when those were popular yeah. for a year and a half uh, before everyone's phone had a flip camera. And he gives this instruction about how this guy came to him and gave him a Gideon New Testament and Psalms and tried to preach the gospel to him. And, you know, Penn is like, you know, I, all right, thanks. But he said what really moved him is just thinking, like, okay, if you're a Christian, you really believe that Jesus is the way that you go to heaven? How much do you have to hate someone not to tell them that? Right. And not to invite them to right. Jesus Christ. Right. You know, and he gets moved into tears by like this guy's boldness uh, to share within the gospel, knowing that Penn is just like, you know, like I'm an atheist, I don't believe this stuff, but I'm just grateful that this man actually cared enough about me right. to share the gospel with me, even, right. though, I, even though he's, and I pray some good day he'll believe it, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was a little tangent on the spiritual works of mercy and that they right. can handle the truth. Yeah. The denunciation of false prophets as yeah. a work of mercy. Right, right. Any favorite passages from the letter of St. Jude? Well, I think a, a really interesting one is the idea of uh, that even St. Michael did not uh, directly denounce Satan. Right. Right. Uh, and because judgment is not ours to give. What's the verse that you're... Uh, verse 9 is where it starts. Okay. Yet the archangel Michael, when he argued with the devil in a dispute over the body of Moses, this is some tradition that Michael... Because Moses was left alone by the Jewish people to die on Mount Nebu. Anyways, outside the Holy Land. And he died there and that St. Michael came and buried his body. Right. And that he contended with Satan. Satan wanted to claim his body at that point. Um, but it says that, you know, Michael himself doesn't rebuke Satan, but he says, may the Lord rebuke you. And so it's not for us to directly contend with, um, the, with the evil spirits, but to invite Jesus in to contend with them in that way. And so for me as a spiritual director and working as a doctor of souls, especially with college students in moments of conversion, this idea of, you know, to whom do I contend with? You know, I don't contend directly with Satan. Right. But I beg in faith that Jesus will come in in this moment to contend with the enemy. Right. And, and I ask in my faith on behalf of this person for, for Jesus to come and, and defend and protect and free. I'm reminded there of um, a couple episodes we we're talking about where virtue is, virtue is in the middle and so right. on. Um, and how I, I, I never, well, connected to all that, the spiritual life, St. Therese more, the elevator, Therese, right. I don't do it on my own. Right. I don't, I don't conquer my own temptations, my own failings on my own. I can't. Right. And even St. Michael doesn't do this contending exactly. on his own. Yeah. But he, he's, he comes and he wields the Lord in a sense. Right. Right. Yeah. So for us also, or all of us, to fall back on our Lord Jesus Christ when we are struggling, whether with other external temptations or our own internal. Exactly. Amen. And that will wrap, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.